Hey, pull up a chair. Attacks on Tap with David Axelrod and Mike Murphy. Well, the American people have witnessed what is the greatest failure of any presidential administration in the history of our country. From the very first day, President Donald Trump has put the health of America first. So, uh, Murphy Gibbs, another VP debate in the books. <laughs> I got that that little that was the exchange right at the beginning of the debate. Got to think that Mike Pence had a bad hand there, in, in <laughs> on this one. I, I'm not sure that many Americans believe that the president, from the very first, put the health of the American people uh, first. He so, didn't even do that with his own health. I don't know why. I don't know why he, anybody would have thought that he he did such with the other three hundred and twenty million people. This thing, this thing with his own health, has brought all of that back. But uh, so, what do you guys think? I think it carried on in the great American tradition of essentially meaningless VP debates. But I, I would say if we if we kind of you know people watched it, everything has some sort of impact. Trump needs to get women back, and nothing happened tonight to get women back. I thought in the first half of the debate, Pence, with some rule-breaking and some skullduggery, blitzed her, and it was working for him, particularly on the economy. She was wobbly. She wasn't that great. She was no Gina Raimondo. But later, she, she rallied, and I thought she was quite good as a, as a frequent critic of hers in the second half of the debate. And tone-wise, I think she went from kind of bad to kind of great. And so I think uh, I think it was a big win for Biden because I didn't see any lightning bolt that does that does anything other than reinforce where we are now, which is Biden's in control. Yeah, that's the context, Robert. I mean, uh, this debate uh, took place on a day when Biden now has an average lead, not just on the outlying polls, but an average polling lead of like 10 points. And Mike Pence had the unenviable job of trying to change that dynamic. And uh, I don't think he did that tonight. I thought he. I thought uh, she. She got the better of him. If and uh, you know, while it might not move the race, it's certainly not going to move it in the direction of uh, Trump and Pence. No, because fundamentally, I mean, to change the trajectory of this race, you have to change how the American people view this administration. And I think right from the get-go, you know, Pence's first answer is. You know, from day one, Donald Trump put the health of the American people first, and and I don't. There's, there's almost say on his no, broad shoulders, right? There's almost nobody who believes that. I, as you said, I think he he was playing a, a very bad hand. I don't know that he played it particularly well. Uh, certainly, when the with the coronavirus answers, I, I thought he he did better in parts of the debate, and we'll hear some of the sound around jobs and taxes. I think by and large, he was able to prosecute a case that. Trump can't coherently and didn't certainly last week in the debate. Um, but I agree with you. I just, I don't, I don't think anything substantively changed. I think if anything, Murphy, to your point in, in needing to, um, to get more female voters, uh, you, you know, he, he disregarded the moderator and, and interrupted quite a bit. And, and I think there were a lot of, I think there were a lot of, 
women saw a lot of cues that they don't like about men either in the workplace or in the home uh, of just not being able to finish and answer questions that I don't think in the end will help Mike Pence. That's going to overwhelm the coverage too because every college-educated woman you see on cable TV news, in other words, all of them, except for a few Foxtown who are probably lying, all hate Trump. And so they're all going to resonate to that. And that's going to dominate the post-debate discussion, which just piles on to help build that wall between the Trump and Pence and getting any of those voters back. So it was ham-handed. We've all prepared people for debates. Not only was he interrupting and, and uh, you know, taking more time and trying to push uh, the moderator around, Susan Page, and trying to push uh, Kamala Harris around, who wouldn't get pushed. But he... <clears throat> He also was really, really overt about not answering questions. I mean, you usually prepare a candidate to give some passing nod to the question before you right, move on pivot. to what you yeah. want to say. He just dispensed with a pivot and basically said without saying, you know what, I'm not going to answer that at all. And, you know, one of them was on pre-existing conditions. Another was on whether, you know, what, what he would do uh, about the peaceful transfer of government, which was a hell of a awkward thing to not answer. Um, there were several others. There was an abortion question about what should Indiana ban uh, abortion if the if Roe versus Wade goes out. I mean, he was the great evader in this debate. Kamala Harris had one question on which she was evasive, which was the court question. And she obviously was evasive because that has been the, the uh, that so far has been the policy of the Biden campaign not to answer that. Biden didn't answer it last week either. But um, I, I think that, that Pence looked bad. He looked bad in, uh, you know, his, and, and you know, what's weird about it is the one thing I anticipated was him to come in with that sunny disposition that we've come, that Reagan-esque kind of. Yeah, he kind of wasted that. He threw it away because he did minor Trump. Yeah. I mean, he, he didn't look happy to be there. I said on yeah, TV he that knows. he, he uh, yeah. I mean, he looks like the guy who got called to the principal's office because his classmate did something wrong and then he has to kind of cop for it. Yeah, his face during the tax thing when when Kamala kind of wound up that you could see it coming a year away fastball. You know, he only paid seven. You could just see in his eyes while you listen like, oh Christ, I got to spend four minutes on this nightmare. And then of course, he, as you said, the Well, you the know what, you, was, you, you put a pin, let's put a pin in it. Let's just listen to that. Um, we now know, because of great investigative journalism, that Donald Trump paid $750 in taxes. When I first heard about it, I, I literally said, you mean $750,000? And it was like, no, $750. We now know Donald Trump owes and is in debt for $400 million. And just so everyone is clear, when, when we say in debt, it means you owe money to somebody. And it'd be really good to know who the president of the United States, the commander in chief, owes money to, because the American people have a right to know what is influencing the president's decisions. Yeah, that he looked dyspeptic uh, <laughs> when she was uh, when she was delivering that. And, you know, I mean, she I thought she delivered that well. She's delivered a lot of these attacks well. But the thing that was uh, that made them uh, effective uh, more than anything, is their devastating hits. Yeah, they're true. <laughs> that helps. You know, I, I again, I didn't think her style was always that good, but the 
The substance of it is you screwed up in a horrible virus that's killed more people than, you know, anything since like the Civil War. You don't pay any taxes. I mean, she had a lot of ammo. And Pence, the prop, you know, we all teach these guys to pivot, but Pence's pivoting was like a self parody of a pivot. You know, Trump doesn't pay anything in taxes. You know what America needs? I was telling mother about this. I want <laughs> yeah. to share it with all of you. America needs a president with an ambitious haircut. And when you do think about Donald Trump, you see a real trailblazer in here. <laughs> you know, it was just so out of Mars that that it just, uh, I don't know. I, I don't think Pence did do himself very much good. Uh, on, the, uh, on the economy, he, uh, he came back, rather than dealing with her tax attack, he heard the word tax and he, and he basically delivered the package he came uh, to deliver on Biden, which may be the most effective uh, attack that they have it, it it isn't true in in some of its particulars but nonetheless uh when has that stopped them <laughs> yeah but you know they're playing the hits and when they're debating the economy it's a better day for trump harris than it is for biden let's hear him on uh, on doing his tax act but america you just heard senator harris tell you on day one joe biden's going to raise your taxes it's really remarkable to think Susan. I, said. I mean right after a time where we're going through a pandemic that lost 22 million jobs at the height. We've already added back 11.6 million jobs because we had a president who cut taxes, rolled back regulation, unleashed American energy, fought for free and fair trade, and secured $4 trillion from the Congress of the United States to give direct payments to families, save 50 million jobs through the Paycheck Protection Program. We literally have spared no expense to help the American people and the American worker through this. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris want to raise taxes. They want to bury our economy under a $2 trillion Green New Deal, which you were one of the original co-sponsors of in the United States Senate. They want to abolish fossil fuels and ban fracking, which would cost hundreds of thousands of American jobs all across the heartland. And Joe Biden wants to go back to the economic surrender to China. So basically... His uh, Pence's approach was basically uh, to respond to the tax attack by backing up the truck and just unloading the whole yes. load. You know, it's yes. working on me. I'm going to start pulling ads in Florida tomorrow morning. I, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm taking a whole new <laughs> yeah. look at this race. But uh, look, yeah. I'm, in Republican world, that is powerful stuff. But there's so much else going on in the race. It just yeah. doesn't have the traction. I think he was dealt a tough hand, particularly as we knew this was going to start on, on coronavirus. But I am surprised. Yeah, this is what he signed up for. Right. No, no, absolutely. I mean, I mean, as you said, he, he dumped the full truck there. I'm surprised it wasn't a broader theme and framed throughout the night. I, I, think, um, I think in his head, he's probably thinking to himself, I know that the the commander-in-chief is watching and I've got to make sure I, I defend him the way he – thinks he needs to be defended. Uh, I don't think it allowed him as much to, to make the pivots to, to hitting her in a way that I thought would be most effective. And you saw him, as you said, just sort of dump it all right there. He did get at the end. He did get in the, uh, the Russia, Russia spying thing and a couple of other of Trump's, uh, Trump's favorite conspiracy theories. But, but look, I think that that, I think that that litany he just gave now, Joe Biden's tax plan, uh, exempts everyone who makes under four hundred thousand dollars a year, which Kamala Harris went on to uh, explain. But um, you know, last week Biden 
didn't mention that part of his tax plan, and they've seized on that. Um, By the way, I would bet money that that tax plan and the great democratic tradition will be modified due to the horrible fiscal crisis that he'll discover once he's elected, and there's going to be more. But it's accurate to say that he's made it clear that his plan, Biden, won't won't raise those taxes. I, I think another thing Pence was doing here is kind of inside Republican stuff. The show the conservatives in the party, his old traditional pre-Trump constituency, that he still believes in the in the old hymnal, and he he's fighting from that corner, which is reassuring the conservatives who are trying to rationalize voting for Trump. I mean, the Wall Street Journal editorial board will smile and sink back into their recliners hearing that. And so Pence is Pence is doing some internal Republican politics too. But you know, if that was Pence's thing. Kamala's thing was the ACA, where I yeah. think she won the soundbite war. Uh, you're going to hear this a lot in the next few days. Absolutely. And they'll cut it up and splice it out and, and put it as well. Let's listen to that. If you have a pre-existing condition, heart disease, diabetes, breast cancer, they're coming for you. She had a long, uh, list, uh, a long litany that all ended in they're coming for you. And notably, uh, one, uh, as I said earlier, one of the things that Pence took a pass on was explaining, he, you know, he, he, he did say, you know, this president has a, a plan for health care that will protect all people with pre-existing conditions. We've been waiting for that baby for five years. And this <laughs> would have been waiting. a hell of a time if he had it in his pocket yeah, to disclose it. If there was it. one, we might have heard about it. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. But by, by the way, on this health care issue, Kamala Harris was asked, would she take a, a vaccine if one should come up? Uh, I think it would, the question was before the election. She'd gotten that question before. Uh, she answered it poorly before it, um, in that she basically said, no, I don't trust them. She amended it now uh, here and said, if the public health experts and the medical experts say the vaccine is good, then yeah, sign me up. But if it's just Donald Trump telling me no, which is the right answer. Uh, but Pence uh, took uh, Pence uh, took was righteously indignant about all that. Let's uh, listen to. Number Do we have four. to play it? You just said it. No, that was hers. I want to hear Pence. I got you. The fact that you continue to undermine public confidence in a vaccine, if the vaccine emerges during the Trump administration, I think is is unconscionable. And Senator, I, I just ask you. Stop playing politics with people's lives. <laughs> the reality is that we will have a vaccine, we believe, before the end of this year. And it will have the capacity to save countless American lives. So he's deeply, deeply wounded by that. Yeah. It was too overdramatic, that one line. Well, I mean, I mean, there's a word in, in, uh, in uh, Yiddish, right? Chutzpah. I was just going to ask Murphy if uh, did he ever teach that lip quiver to one of his his candidates? Because I I thought uh, I, I thought Pence was probably you know making a fist <laughs> in order to try to get a tear or two to roll well, down. No, his no, cheek. my old trick was the upside down bottle cap in the right foot. Forget about the way he, get forget tears. about the way he delivered the thing. Forget <laughs> about that. You're worked up about the this fact thing, that Mr. Yeah, I am Mr. Up Vice about President because the President of the United States. The president of the United States went around saying, we're going to have this vaccine before the election and basically uh, shouting down public health experts who said we yeah. weren't going to have it before uh, the election. And if anyone has undermined public confidence, 
in vaccines. It's Donald Trump. So for Pence to get sort of righteously indignant about this is so incredibly hypocritical. And I got to think it didn't play well. No, no. He pushed too far with the politics. The problem is Pence slips into self-parody too easily. You know, but you could, this thing was a tell. Because you could see the campaign they want. They want the economy and Trump's new magic cocktail that he stole from Walter Reed is going to cure your coronavirus for free, you know, his video. Because they're trying to declare this thing over. They've been trying that for nine weeks and it's failed every time. So yeah. why they're behind. No, I do think, David, to your point, I mean, obviously, I mean, if you look at even the most recent polling, I mean, 30% of the American people, only 30% of the American people even believe the information that the Trump White House is giving about his own health is believable. And so it does set up this um, terrible conundrum that we're going to face as a country uh, in at some point later this year, m- more likely for for millions, the, the beginning uh, and spring of next year uh, around convincing people to, to take a vaccine. I, I will say, I think that was the right answer for Kamala. Um, I don't know that they're going to like that answer uh, in March if they're the president and vice president of the United States, because I, I don't, I don't. And again, I, I'm going to preface this by saying, I think she gave the answer she should have given in, in this moment and in this campaign. But I think one of the things we have to make sure we don't set up is there are going to be a lot of people that vote for Donald Trump and not Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. And it, what we don't want to do is set up in this country um, where we do or don't believe the politicians about the virus. I understand that Trump started that and and she gave the answer she's going to give, but I, I, I worry that we're going to end up developing a vaccine uh, and going to spend a lot of time trying to convince people that it's in their common sense to take it. Well, I'm hoping you get CDC in the next administration, Robert, and you can un- untangle that one, but let I agree with you. Let me tell you something. If, right. if Robert gets CDC, I'm not taking the vaccine. Okay, so let me just... <laughs> okay. Let, let, let well, if be, I get CDC, you can't have it. How about that? <laughs> let me be Let me be clear about yeah. that. But um, So I have a question when you guys are ready to get up. There was one stumble I thought that was pretty big on the D side, and they keep doing it, and I don't understand why. <sighs> they do this obvious, political, slippery-looking yeah. duck on packing the court. Why not just say, no, Joe doesn't want to pack the court? Now, I know the argument, oh, they're afraid that all the progressives will stay home or vote for Trump. Strikes me as crazy. What am I missing? I don't know the answer. I mean, I guess the answer is it's a it's a. Uh, they don't know the answer debate within the Democratic Party. They don't quite know. They're just but, making it big. No, I understand. I mean, I, I here's what I'm willing to bet you, though. I mean, I agree. She should have had a better answer because Biden got clocked on that last week. But um, I, I'm I'm willing to make a pretty heavy bet that this election isn't going to turn on the issue of court packing. I mean, I think that is a diversion and it's and it's uh, you know it's it's maybe an effective diversion to some degree for some people but this the problem that they have is that this election is about a monster virus that we're right in the middle of and a president who's you know right now out of his freaking mind and uh and Literally. has mishandled the, the 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 virus and is behaving in a really uh dangerous way right now and I think Pence knew that when he stepped on that stage that, you know, he had to defend what was uh, 
indefensible. I think if the Republicans had their druthers, they would love to drive this thing toward, uh, you know, taxes and some of the traditional issues that have worked for them. It's just impossible in this environment. And I think as much as Pence struggled, and he did do as predicted, he took Kamala Harris's record, called her the most liberal senator in uh, Washington. One of the peculiar things they did, though, uh, I guess in a, in a faint toward uh, the black community, he then condemned her for uh, being too tough as a prosecutor. And it's like, you know, she's a, a far left, a far left, tough prosecutor is, is a it's a really hard, hard one to sell. And let me just push back a little on your expert pivot there. I agree the election <laughs> is not going to uh, not going to hinge on this. But every week this issue gets a little bigger. And, and, and it was one of the the headline could have been ACA uh, Pence mansplains offends women. And they get all that. But th- this. This thing now it'll be bigger when Biden gets asked, so it's just becoming a thing. And the no, way they I, dodge I don't disagree it with you that I don't yeah, disagree with you yeah, that. Make all it I'm go saying, away. Just answer it. If they were smart, they they. Here's why I would take it off the table because if you're if Pence or Trump ever gets smart about this answer, they're going to say they don't want to tell you what they're really going to do, and when they tell you what they're really going to do, they're lying to you. And I'd make this into a frame it. I'd frame this into something bigger rather than just one off one one off totally. answer that they don't want to do with the progressives. And you guys both give me shit every time I try to play government in this uh, podcast. So I apologize. Uh, I'm going to go there get a we drink. Go. I'll, I'll be back in five minutes. Oh, oh, right, but it, but why, at some why don't point, you do it in French, the language of world diplomacy. Now, but again, at some point you're going to have to govern, and you're going to, you know, I, I think. I, I think you want to sound less evasive and less like a politician. I, I don't think, I, I, and I, I think you're just going to get a lot of people thinking, oh, these guys are a little too slippery. Or, eh, and I just, I don't know why they just don't put a pin in it. Just yep. answer it. Look, nobody thinks Joe Biden's going to pack the court. Nobody does. He, he's going to have to be convinced to even do anything on the filibuster. Okay. He's, he's a total institutionalist, which I totally respect, but I'm just saying, just answer the question. I agree. What, what's going to happen in the next week, starting on the 12th, are the hearings for Justice, or soon to be Justice Barrett, because Mitch McConnell will insist. And um, and there's going to be a lot of outrage uh, that they're going to have to manage. Um, and, uh, and, you know, so maybe that's a cause for hesitation. But, I, I you know, yeah, I think it's an unnecessary... Uh, burden. Yeah. They, they got to come up with an answer, and they just have to give it. We 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 mentioned the the questions that he gets asked that he just never even you know nodded to giving an answer. I I was interested in the question on abortion. Him not ever obviously he he pivoted away quickly, um, and I was surprised that she didn't hit him harder on this. And yeah, that's I have what I was to assume. To oh, worry. Yeah, I have to assume that. Their whole theory is like, look, knock it out of the park on COVID, mumble through the rest of it, which in fairness to her, she did a lot better than that. But, you know, maybe a, a couple lines on ACA 
and we're out of here with a 10-point lead because they, they clearly it, do not want to start a big debate It's just such an easy counterpunch, though, just to say, no, wait a minute, you're the chief elder from Footloose, for Christ's sake. You wanted to make a, you know, abortion the number one felony of Indiana when you weren't trying to blow up gay marriage. Hold on. It, it just would have been an easy counterattack that I'm surprised she did I was surprised she didn't, she didn't take that punch. Yeah. She clearly wasn't doing that. She didn't do it when he skipped the question on pre-existing conditions, which is a 100% dead-bang winner. Um, so, I mean, she, you know, so she, yeah, she wasn't, I think she did, she performed as she was, uh, probably, uh, prepped to, uh, perform and didn't want to keep it focused on something else. Don't make a lot of news on abortion, which I I mean, you know, I, 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 I think I get that. She talked about it. She talked about it, but she, she didn't go, she talked about what her position was, what Biden's position was. She didn't go. Uh, she didn't go after him. Uh, yeah, so look, the uh, CNN poll, 5938, uh, gave her the uh, the debate. The, the biggest thing in that poll that was interesting was that she raised her own favorability among those people who watched the debate. P- Pence was stuck at 4141, and I think she moved into the maybe the 60s, but she moved up quite a bit. Uh, among those with who, the who usual watched. caveat about those kind of polls, but she had the advantage of being the least well known. Right, I mean, she walked in there with nobody outside Democratic primary knowing much about her, and you know, luckily for her, she got kind of the junior asshole treatment from Pence. Uh, and then the other thing was on Twitter, which is of course a funhouse mirror of the w- real world. The amount of rage at the moderator and at Pence about Susan Page was was so palatable because I think people were sitting at home with stopwatches going crazy. Apparently, Susan Page was com- proscribed from asking follow-up questions. Why? And, Why? I don't, I don't understand this. I don't know, Robert. I don't make I, the rules. I, but I don't, I mean, <laughs> I, I want to get to the, the I, there's a gender thing we should get to in a second, but I, I got to tell you, w- Either just do away with the moderators and we can say, you give your talking points on healthcare and then you give your talking points. I mean, how do you have a member of the working press ask a question without a follow-up? Yeah, I'm sure she was frustrated. Yeah, I thought she was going to scream, gosh, I've seen Susan get worked up. And that was the most important thing about this debate is that the winner of this campaign is going to put their hand on a Bible on January 20th. And as they're sworn in, they'll be the oldest person ever to take the oath of office in the history of our country. And she asked, a, I thought, a very good question, uh, a little awkwardly worded, but it, the basis of the question was good around this idea of both of the candidates that you're, uh, you support are, are old and, and you, have, you had these discussions with them and, and what you're going to do. Neither of them answered the question. Yeah. And I don't know why she didn't at that point say, great. I appreciate both of your answers. I'm going to ask this again. I'm going to give you 30 seconds to answer the question. I mean, if we're not going to do that, don't call it a debate. Don't even, I mean, it's, I think it's frustrating for the American people to watch this. If the, if the commission has decided they're everybody pour a martini, we're just going to do talking points. We should just do that. I mean, you know, it just, it, it, it seems pointless. I like Susan. I like Chris Wallace. I just, I, at this point, I'm not even sure why we need a moderator. Maybe to clean the plexiglass. Can we pour, pour yeah, we martinis, can do the martinis anyway? anyway yeah, right. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. we don't have to. <laughs> yeah. But, but she. Um, I think this was probably frustrating to people. But after last week's debate, it probably felt like Lincoln and Douglas. Oh no, totally. I mean, uh, and that it was funny. The uh, 
the Fox guys were all cranking up. Boy, if only Donald Trump could debate like Mike Pence. And I thought, oh, that poor bastard. Yeah. (laughs) Holy smokes. Oh, boy. Will he make it to the weekend? Yeah, no. But but so, you know, what I was thinking when I was watching this debate, and I I thought of it going in two things. One is um, because of the actuarial odds, um, you know, Kamala Harris, the day she puts her hand on that Bible and takes the oath of office for vice president, if uh, Biden wins, on that day, she becomes the putative front runner for president in 2024. Pence is clearly going to run for president. And who knows what's going to happen over there? This could have been a preview <laughs> of yeah, the debate for we're going to see years. for president uh, in four years. And I think for Kamala Harris, Everybody knows Mike Pence. He's debated on the national stage before for Kamala Harris. This was a pretty good introductory yeah. uh, session before the American people. This is the largest audience she'll have until she gets into a presidential debate, if she gets into a presidential debate. I think she did pretty well with it. And uh, uh, the other thing I thought about was how much these two represent sort of the different directions of American politics, the kind of polar opposites of American politics. You have Mike Pence, the, the, the white evangelical former radio talk show host from rural Indiana, and Kamala Harris, the daughter of uh, Indian and, and Jamaican immigrants uh, raised in California. Uh, I mean, they are, you know, one is the face of the emerging Democratic majority, and the other is the face of... Uh, of what Republicanism is in the country right now. Well, they both look like the primary voters who picked the president in each party. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're both a microcosm right. of what a, what a Republican or a Dem primary voter looks like now. Um, and we're see, they're going to get a lot of competition. What I would, yeah, that's for sure. What I would, uh, I think if she's, if, if, if Biden wins and he doesn't run for president again, which I think is just highly unlikely, at the age of 82, if, um, if uh, you know, I, I think she's the overwhelming favorite to be sure. the nominee of the Democratic Party. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I mean, that makes total sense on paper to me. But watching her tonight, I thought, yeah, I'll bet you'll have a primary. Just mm. my gut. But, but we'll de- demographically, she looks like, how, how do you beat an African-American woman right. in a Democratic primary? Right, that's my thinking. You, know, you don't. Yeah. The other thing yeah. is, um, how long can the Republican Party go um, as the party of... It's trouble. I wrote something way back when you guys were making mischief in 2008 <laughs> for time called The Coming Republican... I was working. Gibbs yeah. was making mischief. <laughs> yes. The Coming Republican Ice Age, because demography is cruel as shit. And if we're the party of the gated community and the nice old white guys from Indiana, we're, we're not going to, we won't be able to carry Texas, let alone the, you know. Yeah, well, you, so let me we, tell you, that, if, that, looking that at some of the another, polling, you, you may not be carrying Texas this time, my friend. I'll still take a bet on that one. Per, so, so, partially because uh, the governor, the bastard's trying to fix the election. Well, but fair point. It's a whole nother topic. The, the CNN poll, which was, you know, at the outer edge of the polls that had a 16 point lead for. Yeah, Biden, but that's becoming less preposterous by the right. day. Um, interesting cross tab, and I may mention this the other day, but I now I nailed it down. Uh, you know, Pence—I mean, not Pence, but Trump has the—he um, has 
the the lead that you would expect among non-college white men. 67, I think he's at 67. Uh, but among non-college white women, let me get this number up here. He's he's ahead by eight. Yeah. Eight points. He won that group by 27 points. Yeah, oh, no doubt he's, and now look, I don't believe these double-digit polls, but there's there's definitely he's definitely scraping bottom right now after the Batman thing and the and the uh, uh, the Walter Reed madness. Uh, it, it's definitely definitely about as bad as it can get. You know, there's a poll out in Florida, Quinnipiac, which is normally a fairly legit poll, showing a uh, forty to fifty one eleven point lead, which nobody <laughs> in Florida politics believes. But for whatever reason, they've been yeah, yeah. leaning uh, Biden. All year long, but there's no doubt. You look at the spate of polls that have come out. This has been a disastrous week for Donald Trump. Yeah. Starting maybe the tax revolution, but the debate killed him. Yeah, and this debate didn't change anything. And again, a week yeah. is gone, and he only gets two more weeks. By the twentieth, twenty fourth, it's totally the the big seven forty seven wheel screeching on the runway as it lands. Well, we've so, had six million people already vote. Uh, you see lines, uh, some of which, because as you mentioned, Murphy, we, we're, we've done away with some early polling places. But, you know, David, to your point, I mean, even a couple of days before the CNN poll, the NBC poll that had had jumped the race to 14, uh, kind of a pre you know, precursor to some of these others, CNN and others. I mean, it's interesting. The, NBC had done eight polls uh, in 2020. The average lead was Biden plus eight. In February, it was Biden plus eight. In September, right. it was Biden plus eight. And all of a yeah. sudden, it's plus 14. So as you said, he's had a... No, something's happening out there, guys. Yeah, most of this poll was done pre, pre-COVID pre diagnosis. So I think, you know, the, the debate was a disaster for well, him. Can, it was a disaster for him You know, you know where the big, the big, the big, the other big number that's kind of stunning and important is seniors that have just the bottom has dropped out. Yeah, that that's what's happening. That and ours are slipping. He's down to the 80s, 77 in one of these. You ought to be shooting for 92 or 3%. The Indies have totally flipped on him. Um, you know, it, it's it, even the Latino stuff down in Miami Dade's getting better for Biden. It's just, it is, it, it's like the electorate this week got a huge shove of, of Trump hate and they're reacting to it. I mean, he's helped. He's, He's he you know he's his behavior has has uh, direct. I just want to make one point on seniors, Robert. Uh, you know they've been trending against him for some time, and I think the virus has a lot to do with it. And you know he said he says don't be scared uh, about the virus. You know, uh, and off, and several times has said you know young people are immune and impervious. And basically the message is. Sayonara, old folks. Thanks right, for playing. Right, because you're simply not you're strong at, enough. You're, you're not yeah, as strong as I you're, am. You're you're out of this. Um, and I, I just think they're hearing the message, and uh, it's a disaster for them. Yeah, a civilian told me in in L.A. I'd bumped into not somebody in politics, but had kind of a street wisdom take on it. You know, it was he was spitting back some cable TV. Yeah, Trump's in trouble with the seniors. You know what it is. You know, I'm I'm. But this guy was. 73 or four i'm 70 whatever we all know a lot of people who died because old people are dying so in my life i know two dead covid people how many do you know know mike and i go uh a friend's dad who i haven't seen in 10 years 
And I thought, mm-hmm. okay, well, that that's interesting. In in their strata, they actually know more people. Yeah. And uh, I would think that is part of the amplifier here that just makes them think this guy. They've also got a point of reference. They can remember Jimmy Carter, Jerry Ford, you know, the Bushes, people who kind of acted like a president, uh, which younger voters, you know, they can barely um, uh, remember all the way back to uh I'd the like to think Bush that Barack time. Obama knew Obama, how to act right. like a president. And a good day. <laughs> I kid, I kid. Easy. This guy is uh, completely, um, you know, he is sui generis, really. So what will he do? Let, let's close out with a little bit of, go Can ahead. Can I make my one, I was going to, yeah. I want, as much as I wanted to interrupt David and say, Mr. Axrod, I'm speaking. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, no, I, I think one of the things that's been interesting this week is you watch, um, this is not just impacting the the presidential landscape. Right. I mean, there there's now a uh, sirens blaring in South Carolina that the Senate race is a toss up and too close to call. John Cornyn in Texas is saying, you know, the President Trump made some mistakes on how to deal with covid. Uh, Something I can assure he's not said in the halls of the Capitol with uh, with Washington reporters in tow. You are seeing this in in a number of these Senate debates um, they're, they're trying, they finally have understood. And this week has, has really done it in tipping, in tipping this over and understanding that it is every person for themselves. And I, I think it is far too late to get off this ship. I think they're all going to end up drowned because of it, but there's a panic that is going on, uh, inside the party that, the polling that you see, as you both have talked about, with seniors and with women, is going to drag a lot of people besides the oh, president. No down. doubt. No, uh, the average Republican pollster now looks like a Belfast parking attendant in the seventies. Ticks hasn't slept in three weeks. It is. I mean, there, there's like there's a bad Joni poll going around. I mean, all these senators of Joni yeah. Ernst in Iowa, yeah. yeah, have started a lot of polling, and it's grim. Did you see that clip, by the way, of? Uh... McSally, uh, McSally in Arizona was asked in the, At the debate, debate. Never met Trump. Who's that? <laughs> yeah, no. I'm for are Arizona. You pr- are you proud of uh, of your support for Donald Trump? I, I'm proud of fighting for my fight for Arizona. Yeah. Well, no, but that's not what I asked. Are you proud of Donald Trump? No, I, you know, I'm, I'm proud of my fight for Arizona. And she would not answer the question. Right. That tells you where we're at. Yeah, and like that would fix it too, you know, four weeks now, out. Now, saying, you know, one thing, now she's pissed everybody off. Right. So. At least they asked follow-ups in Arizona. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. So bottom line on this, guys, probably doesn't change the race very much at all. No. Uh, uh, Harris, an enlarged figure, did what she needed to do. Uh, and we we go on. And uh, there's it's hard to see now what, what changes this trajectory? We don't even know. There's supposed to be a presidential debate. I was going to say, what do, you, 15. what do you think the odds are this thing happens on the 15th? Well, Trump really wants it, but the Biden guys are smart enough to you know, want a doctor who will actually be impartial about this. I, I think the next, because, you know, again, the, the clock is they burning zoom up. It. Trump is running out they of should. TV money everywhere. What does Trump do? Does, he, he wants to go back on the road. Do we have the spectacle of Trump in a, like a Pope mobile glass case trying to do rallies. Um, do they try to force the debate? My point being, I don't see the brilliant move being busted here. I see Trump doubling down on the crazy that gave Joe Biden another couple of points of ballot for another week. I exactly. think that's the dynamic. I think exactly. he's in a mad, 
cycle of crazy that uh, is only going to get worse. Well, and, I probably and, didn't improve his mood that the appellate court in New York said he had to turn his tax returns over to the prosecutor there. So not only is he looking at losing, but he's looking over his over the cliff at what awaits him on the other side. Well, then let me be the first to say it politically. This race is getting a little boring. <laughs> the Trump show isn't, but the race is just rolling into the swamp frozen with Trump killing himself. Nice going, man. We, you know, people tune in because they're interested in the race and you're just chasing our listeners. Yeah, I know. What are you trying to do? This race is an unpredictable thing and you should pay attention to everything <laughs> we say because it's going to change at any moment. Don't miss an episode. All right, Gibbs. But no, I think to your point, Mike, I mean, what will be interesting is, is you know, as you said, Trump's running out of money. He's got to get, he's got to do something. He's got to get back on the road. He's going to push to try to get in this debate before he's healthy. He's going to get pushed to do rallies before it's even remotely safe. All of which, in in order to try to, in his thinking, save himself, is going to send the message to every other voter, what on earth is he doing? He goes to the Oval Office today, right? I mean, nobody nobody in their right mind, Trump, Trump should be quarantined. He should be isolated. Uh, so should Pence. And this whole thing, I mean... <laughs> It's, it really is remarkable that everything right now is reinforces it. And, and, and the fly that landed on Pence. Yeah, I tell you, I keep looking at that great picture of Mark Meadows at the Walter Reed uh, Hospital <laughs> press conference with his head in his hand and the phone. And I can just, I start hearing him saying, give me the head of the Secret Service. Yes, sir. Do we have a net? Yeah, because <laughs> this guy is like home alone now, running around the White House. It is yeah. unbelievable. Attention and let me leave Twitter, you guys with a, a shocking, shocking factoid I got today. Ready for this? Just as political hacks, you enjoy this. And again, this will remind our, I, I would say our hackaroos, but we were criticized in our five-star rating by the Times of London, Europe's most important paper for even though they said we're the best American podcast, we use hackaroos too much. So I've been chided by the mm. by the Brits. But Trump, you're has the only no... Irishman who uh, who <laughs> takes the Brits seriously. But anyway, it, no, <laughs> believe me, I got my issues there. We'll get into that. But that's that's our here, two here's one for packs. you. Just, this just came across the wire a few hours ago. Trump has no paid television in Florida after the 16th of October. Not a dime. It's really remarkable. Now they will probably panic some money in late. But wow, cutting budget everywhere. But I yes. will say this: just one thing. They're, as they're cutting budget, do you know where they're spending one hundred and fifty thousand dollars in ads in D.C.? Yeah, so he'll see him. Just so the dear yeah. leader yeah. can see his good Right. Ads. Otherwise, he'll throw the meatloaf at you if you're staff. You don't care anymore. You're just trying to survive. Yeah. All right. Well, what a debate. I'm glad we stayed up half the night to cover something nobody will remember in two years except you are for Oppo researchers planning a campaign against uh, frontrunner Harris for the nomination, but nothing there for them. Uh, <laughs> off we go. Thank you, guys. It was see fun guys. as always. See ya. Thank you. See you next time.